Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what. No matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Y'all, here we go. Another episode of No Matter What. I am so excited to have my friend Ainsley B on a Zoom call today. Ainsley is not in Nashville, and so we are Zooming to record this podcast for you. Y'all, let me tell you a little bit about Ainsley. She is an author. She's a podcast host called Wild Confidence. She's an Enneagram coach, which I have a feeling we'll talk about just because I like Enneagram too. She helps young adults discover or rediscover their identity in Christ. She launched a nonprofit called Unveiled Campaign several years ago. She speaks all over. She, Y'all, she's incredible. You are going to love Ainsley. And I have to give a shout out. The reason I know Ainsley, I guess technically we probably would have met at Belmont she was a student while I was on staff there. But I know Ainsley, like I know so many wonderful people in my life because of my sister-in-law, Kaylee Dickerson. So thanks, Kaylee, <laughs> for connecting yes. Ainsley and I. But Ainsley, thanks for being on No Matter What. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped. Oh, man. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast. I love all your Enneagram coach stuff. I follow you on Instagram <laughs> and I love the content that's there. Anyway, so this is so fun to just kind of you know, unite. Yeah. Hang out and catch up too. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's jump right in. So Ainsley, you know, the whole premise of this show is that we all go through these, what I call no matter what seasons. And there are times and opportunities Mm -hmm. for us to go, am I going to be who God created me to be no matter what X, no matter what circumstances in my life, am I going to trust God no matter what? And am I going to continue to serve God no matter what? So tell us about a time when you walked through a specific season of hardship that really, that was a no matter what season that really challenged your faith and your walk with the Lord. Definitely. I think that I have probably a handful of those as most people. We all do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could pull from 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, truly, but The one that is coming to mind is when I was at Belmont, oddly enough, I was in an abusive relationship and that relationship really pulled me away from the Lord and just totally separated me from his guidance, his truth, his promises, his, um, my identity in him. Mm -hmm. And it was really when that came to an end that I had to make a decision that I was either going to draw closer to the Lord Mm. and trust him no matter what Mm -hmm. or run away from him and abandon my, the truth and the foundation of my entire upbringing, Mm. you know? So in that season, it it was just, what are you going to do? You know, you have two paths. Yeah. So back up for us a little bit, because I mean, you were raised in a Christian home. You're a mm-hmm. beautiful girl. You like how how does someone like Ainsley B even find herself in an abusive relationship? You know, that is the best question to ask because I think it's so sneaky mm-hmm. for a lack of a better word. Um, I was very, you know, generally a confident person growing up. Like I just never really had any arguments with my boyfriends growing up or in high school or anything. Like it was very, just very laid back, very chill. Like I just never really had any issues with guys until this specific guy. And what happened was, was that he manipulated me and spoke directly into my core fear. Now that is an Enneagram kind of term. Sure, sure. And and but it's so important because I used, you know, the some of the tools that the Enneagram gave me to heal with the Lord. And so that's like the, the really get the gift of it for me. But my core fear as an Enneagram too is to be unwanted. My core desire mm-hmm. is to be wanted. So yeah. he would manipulate me and say things like, you know, I've I've known you longer than most people. So I'm going to be able to love you the best. No one else is going to love you like I can. So, you know, you don't go anywhere, essentially. Like you can't go, like if you leave, like no one's going to be able to love you like I can. And I mean, I believed every word 
And because it spoke to my insecurity, it's he mm. spoke to my kryptonite, if you will. And it wasn't like overnight, you know, it, it's slowly the manipulation will just alter your identity. And it became very codependent relationship. It was yeah. very like terrifying, honestly. And it was like three months in that the mind games couldn't be contained in the physical uh, or out of the physical. So it became physical about three months in where he was throwing things and put his hands on me. And it's in that moment that you're, you feel like you're too far in to get out. Hmm. And the manipulation just keeps going. He knew one of my triggers because I had a rough relationship with my dad growing up and my dad would like point to me when he would fuss at me and like point at my face. So this guy would use that trigger against me to try and get me to overreact so he could blame Uh me Uh and gaslight me. I'm crazy. I'm doing all this. Like, look at you. You're acting crazy because he would point at me knowing it would set me off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it happens, but I had no clue. Yeah. And so, I mean, what's going on with like your community and close friends? Are they watching this and going, hey, Ainsley, this this does not look healthy? Or or is like, are people not in the know? Do they not know what's going on? And this is kind of a, not a secretive relationship, but like kind <laughs> the of. status of your relationship was secretive. Yeah. I mean, almost like I was being kind of told when I could talk to certain people, how I could Mm -hmm. talk to certain people. So it was like they knew because my entire demeanor changed. Mm -hmm. Um, So they definitely knew that something was wrong. But number one, my friends had never seen this before. You know, we're in college, like freshmen, sophomores in college. That it's such a rare, well, it's actually not that rare, but it was rare for my immediate circle to have seen. So they had no clue what to even do, right? Not only that, but I had known this guy a lot longer than them. So so I didn't really let them speak into my life when it came to that. I was very Uh defensive. Um, My mom was good friends with, like we were kind of family friends too. Like our families knew each other. So it was like, she wasn't, I was in Nashville. She was in Louisiana. So there's a lot of distance between us geographically and so she didn't really get to see everything that went down and I wasn't telling her because sure who's going to yeah I'm (laughs) I'm not trying to leave this relationship so there's a lot that was going on and I felt extremely isolated because when your friends don't know what to do they're they're just kind of they take a step back they pull back too yeah 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 and and they're being directly affected as well they're being hurt by him, by me, by, you know, the situation. It's, and it's so funny that we're talking about this today because I recently took a, uh, a trip and went to visit my college roommate when this was the season of my life. And I, for the first time since that happened, I mean, six years ago or more than that, probably, I got to sit down with her and say, what was this like for you? And I'm so sorry. Wow. And the conversation that we had was so healing. And I I finally got her perspective on it, which helped me just understand what a friend goes through. Mm -hmm. I know we want to move towards talking about kind of picking up the pieces after all this fell apart. But even Mm -hmm. in the midst of this, what, what lies were your circumstances speaking to you about who... God was? Like, were there things that you were buying into and believing about God that weren't true because of this relationship? You know what? I I think that more than anything, because I didn't know that it was so wrong, I just believed that this is what God had for me because of any mistakes that I made or because I came from a divorced household and, you know, because they always just joke about like girls with daddy issues, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah. that that's me. So this is what God has for me. Wow. wow. And I do want to make a point that since then, my dad and I have in, an incredible relationship now, complete and total restoration. So praise God on that note. But, yes. but I just think that I didn't believe God was bad. 
I just thought that this was it. Like, I didn't doubt him. I was just like, okay, this is what he has for me. I don't deserve any better. Yeah, this was his best for you. Yeah. Because of your upbringing, past circumstances, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get out? (laughs) That's, you know, I'll tell you, I talk about the story quite a bit. And that's my least favorite question because (laughs) I didn't on my own Mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Um, He broke up with me. And praise God. And praise God. Like that. I mean, I always say that that's the the greatest gift that he and God ever gave me is, is freedom from that. But he broke up with me. He looked me in the face after I gave up my entire life for him. I gave up all of my dreams. I gave up just literally everything. I mean, think of a goal or passion I had. It was squashed, you know, based on um, just giving it all up for whatever he wanted to do. And um, he looked me in the face and said, I just don't think you can handle this. I don't think that um, you love me well. And I was like, I remember sprinting out of the room, falling like face first into my roommate (laughs) who was just like, what the heck is going on right now? Like, (laughs) I'm I'm crying. I'm bawling, crying. And I remember going back into that room. He's looking at me dead in the face, no tears, no emotion whatsoever. And I remember yelling, Lord, what are you teaching me? Wow. Like to his face. Like I was like, I remember just yelling, Lord, what are you teaching me? Like yelling it into the pillow as I'm crying. Like if somebody would have seen me physically react, I think they would have been like, okay, something's wrong with her. We need to like, (laughs) she she is flopping around all over the place, wailing, crying. Yeah. And he's just sitting there, stone faced, no emotion, laying out the facts. And then that's how, that's literally how I got out. I remember I was supposed to leave for the Bahamas the next day with my roommate. And I'll never forget like, her bringing in a bag of Twizzlers to my room the next morning and just kind of offering like, hi, are you still coming with me? You know, like, <laughs> do you want Twizzlers? You know, not knowing <laughs> what I to do. Can I get you out of bed <laughs> yeah. with Twizzlers? And I was like, I, I remember not being able to move, pitch black, three days, didn't eat, tried to sleep, didn't move for three days. Wow. It was nuts. Wow. It was nuts. I totally get why you hate the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I I also was in a relationship many, many years ago that I knew I was not supposed to be in. in. I knew I was living in direct disobedience to the Lord. Like I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew what yeah. I was doing was wrong. I knew I was not supposed to be with this guy. And I told the Lord, like, I'm I will not break up with him. So this is my choice. I am choosing to walk in disobedience. I am not going to break up with him. So if you don't want me in this relationship, you better figure it out. And what did he, you know, I mean, first of all, don't, I do not recommend that. Uh, (laughs) But what did he do in his kindness and patience and mercy on my life? He eventually, I won't even go into the whole story, but it is like the Lord reached down from the heavens, picked me up and moved me out of that relationship and dropped me over on another part of the planet. I mean, basically. And, you know, I wish that that story was different. I wish that I knew I was living in disobedience and repented and chose to obey the Lord and did was, you know, was brave and did what it took. But I will never forget. I mean, I, I feel like the Lord, you know, it, it wasn't an abusive relationship. He didn't rescue me from an abusive relationship, but he rescued me from myself. He rescued me from my blatant disobedience but isn't that the character of the Lord? How yeah. kind of him, because it would have been really easy for the Lord to just, I mean, like hit me with lightning. Right. I mean, like right. I deserved that. My right. attitude and my heart deserved that. Mm-hmm. And yet how kind of him to, and it wasn't a gentle removal. It, 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 <laughs> it ripped and it hurt. Yanked and by the I ponytail. too had a similar, like in my bunk bed in college, like didn't get out of bed. My roommate would come and check on me. Like, have you gotten up today? Have you eaten anything today? You know? Yeah. Um, so I think just to encourage you, like, I think the story gets to show the kindness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. In your it life. does. And you know what? I actually, I called Kaylee. Um, we were, talking about her earlier. Of course. I called Kaylee <laughs> and yeah, she, 
kind of, she had been in an unhealthy relationship too. And she kind of told me like, I asked the Lord for healing within like a matter of days, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, I just ran fast towards the Lord in a matter of days. And I'm like, okay. So I tell the Lord, I'm like, all right, you got three days. Okay. I want to be be completely healed from this in three days. Okay. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right, this is going to happen. So I kind of have this renewed like hope. Like I'm like, let's go. I'm going to be miserable for three days and it's going to be better. (laughs) And then day four happens. And I'm like, okay, I still want to jump out the window. Um, All right. Day five happens. Okay. I still haven't eaten a solid meal. Okay. Day six happens. So these days keep going and I start doubting because up until this point, I didn't ever really doubt God. I just didn't know his power. Mm. I just didn't know that he had better for me. Mm. I just didn't know. And so I had been like going to church. I had people laying hands on me, praying over me because I was fighting for the healing. And it was the two weeks. Okay. It was two weeks later after, I mean, we dated for a year. We had been friends for a very long time. Two weeks later, I'm riding in my car and I had not put on worship music once, like mm. in probably the entire time we dated. Sure. Um, and I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to put, I was like dead silent. I was driving down Franklin uh, Pike. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll literally never forget that sh- that road and this moment. And um, I've just pressed like radio on and worship music music started kind of flooding my car. And it was like the chains just broke off of me. Like it was just physically and the Holy Spirit literally took over my motor functions. And this is the weirdest moment I've ever had with the Lord. But I the only word that I could say was freedom. Wow. Like it, it's like in Liar Liar whenever they show him the pen and he's like, it's blue. You know, he's like trying to lie about the pen color and his mouth just can't do it. That's what it felt like. It was like freedom, freedom, freedom. Like I was like, what is happening? I pull my car over. I'm bawling, crying. And it was like the Lord was answering my question. What are you trying to you know, wow. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? I'm trying to teach you freedom. Wow. I'm trying to teach you restoration. I'm trying to teach you that you are free in me mm. and that you can share that with other people. Mm. What? I said, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, as life has it, he says, all right, we're going to put that freedom to the test. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to see if you are, if you really are clinging to me. Mm. And if you really are free in me in a new way that you've never known before. Mm. So that was about two weeks. Okay. Up until this moment in my life, everyone kind of knew that I was um, in love with Tim Tebow. So that's relevant to the story. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Hannah, I'm going to be honest. I, have, I don't think I've ever shared this story oh, on a public platform. Yes. So this is about to be this funny. This is the no matter what exclusive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> okay. So, oh my gosh. All right. So it's like Easter-ish time. And I'm like walking in healing. I'm walking in freedom. I'm doing me. Okay. This is about a month after that breakup. So, you know, we have the breakup. Two weeks later, I have this freedom moment. Two weeks later is Easter. Okay. So it turns out for some reason, Tim Tebow was like in my hometown speaking at a church. So I end up meeting him and like taking a picture with him and posting it, obviously, in all the places. And my ex texted me and he said, is he everything you ever dreamed of? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, um, I wanted to be like, yes, yep, more than you. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to, but I was like, he doesn't deserve a response. Right. So I didn't respond for like the first time ever in my life. So the next day I'm going through airport security, like going back to Nashville and my mom calls me and she's like, Oh my gosh, like we're just sitting in the office talking about how we cannot believe you actually met, you know, the guy you've had a crush on forever and who's a celebrity. Like we're just talking about how good things just happened to you. Like good things just fall in your lap. And so I'm like going, <laughs> I'm just being dumb. I'm like, favor ain't fair, mom. Favor ain't fair. What up? You know, and I get picked for like TSA pre-check before you could buy it. And I was like, oh, favor ain't fair. Ain't got to take out my laptop. Let's go. 
you know, whatever, <laughs> like being so dumb. And I'm on the phone with my mom still. And I get to my gate. And all of a sudden, I say, oh, F. And my mom was like, what? This <laughs> like, <laughs> was the first time that I've ever said that word in front of my mom. And she was like, what is happening? Like she knew something was wrong. I said, mom, he's at my gate. I'm looking at him. He's at my gate. He's at my gate. He's at my gate. He's at on my flight. He's on my flight. He's at my gate. She goes, Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow? I said, no. My ex-boyfriend is on my flight. Southwest, you get to pick your seats. <laughs> Obviously. And I was like, there's no way this is real. So I go get a smoothie, calm down, collect my thoughts. And I go back and I'm like looking at the little board like, oh, yeah, like, oh, where are we going today? Like <laughs> trying to distract myself, not have a panic attack. And he texts me again. And remember, he texted me the night before and I didn't respond. Uh -huh. Texted me again and he said, you picked a good flight. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm, I would have to disagree with you there, bud. But he was like, come sit with me, like sit with me on the flight da, 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 and I'm going to save you a seat, whatever, whatever. And for some reason, I I did. I have no clue why. I was like, I could sit. I could pick any of these seats. Yeah. I could just stop right here. I'm walking down the little aisle. I'm like, I could just stop right here. And for some reason, I just didn't. Well, we ended up sitting next to each other. And by the end of the flight, I remember saying, like, I remember thinking, I really do feel free from wow. him. I really do feel free. So in me being like... I was really trying to be genuine, but I, it may have come off a little sarcastic mm -hmm. and sassy, mm -hmm. but I really was trying to be genuine because I was so, I was sitting there just in awe, mm -hmm. like yep. talking to me about the most random stuff that I couldn't care less about. And so by the end of the flight, we were like about to touch down and I was like, okay, I, I do want to tell you, I, I really do want to say thank you because you breaking up with me was the best mm -hmm. gift you could have given me. Mm -hmm. And I really meant it. Yeah. But I think it was like, you breaking up with me was the best gift you could have ever given <laughs> yeah, that's me. that's how you heard you it know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that's how he heard it. But I really was trying to be sincere. And so then he, you know, he's like, yeah, thank you for saying that. That really takes a big weight off of my back. Mm. And I'm like, what? What? Okay. Didn't like that response. Like, that's like, what did I, you was think I was trying just... to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I really was just, yeah, I really didn't want you to worry. That's right. What? Yeah, Are that's you? Right. So then I got off the plane. I was like, man, I am free. <laughs> I am free indeed. <laughs> but it was just such a beautiful, that was a really long explanation, but it was what God was trying to teach me was freedom. Wow. And how it's possible and how you know, once you're, when your freedom is put to the test, like you can still have it. You don't have to go back into old mm -hmm. habits or old ways because in that moment, what one of my thought processes could have been, oh, he's bringing us back together. I just needed to heal. Oh, totally. And then he's bringing us back together. Totally. That's exactly what could have happened. Yeah. But the opposite happened. Yeah. Where he was confirming my freedom. Yeah. And I think, I think that's about your perspective. Like you mm. had bought into the truth. You had claimed the truth over your life. Yeah. Christ has made me free in all aspects, but also in this relationship, I'm free from this guy. I'm free from this relationship. And mm -hmm. you were looking for confirmation for that instead of the opposite, which is like, not seeing that the Lord has freed you from something, not believing right. that he has, praying for you to get back with this guy. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. because yeah. truly, like if you had had just a different perspective, you're right. 100%. You would have seen out the gate and been like, this is it. The Lord's bringing us back together. Yeah. A hundred percent. And if there's anything that I want other people to hear and remember is that the Lord is trying to free you from if you if you relate to that story or maybe you just have something that you just keep getting pulled back into, like he is always going to try and free you from it. He's not going to try and put you back into a toxic situation. He's always trying to free you from it. So pursue that freedom. Like that, it, you have to, no one else can do it for you, unfortunately. Yeah, I wish that right. other people could. So you talk about... 
a term you, I think, created called the boo-boo dude <laughs> a lot. So I yeah. want you to tell Nomad listeners about the boo-boo dude. Yeah. I mean, t- tell us. Tell us about the boo-boo dude. And what do you say Look, to women? I love a boo-boo dude conversation. I don't love a boo-boo dude. I love a conversation about boo-boo dudes because here's how that came about. So this was a really hard time in my life and my friends had no clue how to talk to me about it. Yeah. Right. The boo-boo dude conversation is an, a lighthearted way to have a really serious conversation with your friends. Mm. For example, let's say, you know, I was um, telling my friend, I'm sitting at uh, lunch with my friend and I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he told me that I could only call my mom like every other day. Wow. Like that's what, isn't that so weird? Like yeah. where this actually happened, but meet me back in that scene. And my friend is like, um, are you kidding me? Like, this isn't, that's insane. Ainsley, that's insane. Well, I immediately, my guard is up. That's right. Right. I'm like, wait, 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 what? But if you're sitting across the table and you're like, oh, that's boo-boo. Like, <laughs> what? That's a boo-boo to move. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Your friend isn't initially going to be defensive. It's funny. Yeah. It pulls down the the guard and then you're like, oh, wait, it kind of is. Like, yeah. you know, that's a little boo-boo, you know, and it's just a way to have that conversation. And it doesn't have to be as, you know, abusive as my story is. It can be anything from, oh, he left me on red for a week and now he's like calling me and wanting to hook up or something. Well, that's boo-boo. That's right. Like you, you know how, how a guy should treat you. Yeah. So anytime he doesn't treat you that way, yep. that's boo-boo. Yeah. Yep. Can yep. a boo-boo do be redeemed? Yes, of course. Is it? If I make a joke and call a guy boo boo dude once because I work with high school students. So if I'm like, you know, he a boo boo dude. If I call him that one time and then he gets better, I'm not going to continue to call him that. But, right, you know, it's just a, a way to to be like, oh, you know, it's funny. We played this game last night in my connect group. And we were like, if you know Ainsley, you know blank. If you know Jordan, you know blank. If you know Laney, you know blank. And mine was, if you know Ainsley, you know boo-boo dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this conversation all the time. When I tell you all the time, I mean every week. Because it's just an easier way to have a really hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And talk through those things. And talk through, well, what are you looking for in a guy? Okay, if he's, if that's not it, it's boo-boo. Mm-hmm. If he's not calling you or taking you on dates or whatever, which... Can we bring dating back, please? Because oh gosh, yes, it's so dumb that we're just talking and wasting a bunch of time. Whenever, well, I'm not, but they are. Right, right. right. <laughs> I'm happily married, <laughs> but but like this talking phase is just awful to me. It's, that is boo boo. So yep. anytime you know we have yep. those conversations, that is what boo boo is or a boo boo dude, and that yep. that's how we can really talk about it and be real about it. And not, it won't feel so like, yeah, life or death. Yep. yep, yep even yep. though it is. No, totally. One of my younger sisters would come to me a lot talking about guys she was dating and whatever. And I don't even know if she came up with it or I came up with it. But I mean, like such a similar tone, even like one of us like, ooh, you got to kick him to the curb. And it just became yeah. this thing like, mm, kick him to the curb, mm, kick him yes. to the curb. Like, and it like, as a big sister, it became such an easy way for, you know, she's telling me, well, he'd blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, mm, kick him to the curb you know and yeah. she knew she'd be like yeah you're probably right but instead of me sitting exactly. down being like hey I want to talk to you I'm concerned and and look that's yes. good like like we need to communicate with the people we love when we are concerned about stuff going on in their life yeah yes yeah but yeah. if we can do it in the beginning just like you're saying with like mm, that's a boo-boo dude move or like yeah mm, kick it to the curb like yeah. it just kind of <laughs> just brings a lightness yes. it's still truth it's lightness and I mean obviously the person you're talking to has to like know what you're talking about but right right but um yeah because there's but you right, do there's, there's, create a common language yeah with your there's friend. so much heaviness to it and you're right like walls mm-hmm. go up we want to protect ourselves protect our relationship protect the situation whatever's going on we're trying mm-hmm. to defend ourselves instead of trying to keep walls down barriers down i love that yeah 
Just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to tell you about my 25-day Bible study guide in Philippians. In Philippians, Paul teaches us that joy comes not as the result of external conditions, but from internal confidence that God is at work and in control. And I don't know about you, but I need that reminder that my joy comes from my internal confidence that God is at work, that he's in control, that he is always good, not from my external conditions. I would love for you to join me 25 days in Philippians this month. You can learn more at hannahseymour.com or check out some of my other 25 days in Bible book plans. Okay, so you talked about this a little bit, but friends, someone who's listening right now and they have got a friend that they know or at least are suspicious of, like, I think my friend might be in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. How, how can we help our friends? What advice do okay. you have for us? Yeah. So obviously the boobadoo conversation is, is great, but if it gets past that point, yeah. right, then there's, a, I talked to my older mate and this, these are the things we came up with together, which was so healing for mm-hmm. me. I hope it was for her too, but this was kind of the things that we came up with. So number one, what you can kind of say is I'm not here to judge you and I hope that I'm wrong. Mm. But what I see going on is this. And I just think it's just abnormal or off because this is what I know about you. Mm. Fill in the blanks. You know, speak life into them. Mm -hmm. Speak life into your friend so they don't put their guard up. And you may not want to speak life to them because you're burned too. But if you want any hope of restoration, then, you know, that's how you can do it. That's right. Because it's not about you right now. Like exactly. you may be hurt and you may have grievances that can be worked out later, but it's not about you yeah. right now. It's about exactly. helping your friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. 100%. So speak life into them. Don't give up, even mm-hmm. if it's not well received. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest thing because you want to give up. You want to be like, whatever, you hurt me too. Like you're hurting me Yeah. in this process. Enlist someone else who can partner with you in fighting for your friend. Mm-hmm. So their mom, if they're close to their mom, who, someone they're close to mm-hmm. in their family. And just re- a reminder that, you know, you do need to kind of know the signs. You can Google those, you know, signs of a toxic or abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds. There are all kinds for different kinds of abusive relationships. So whether it's emotional, physical, all of those. So just kind of know those signs. And have the locations, have your locations on for each other. Mm. I was not, I wish she would have had my location. Mm-hmm. I would have felt a lot safer if she had my location. And just remember that people never think it's going to happen to them. Mm. How so would you even bring that part up? Like, cause it's like, do you know what I mean? How how would you even bring up like, Hey, I think we should share locations on our phone. <laughs> oh, I would be, I would turn it to myself. Mm. Like, I would be like, look, I don't know, you know, what I'm about to go on a date. You know, I'm about to go on a date. Can you just, uh, so I don't get kidnapped. Can we share our locations with each other? Yeah. I mean, yeah, easy. Put it on yourself. Yeah. And just be like, uh, yeah, I'm scared. Uh, can we share our locations? Make sure I don't get kidnapped. I mean, to this day, I still have, I have a bunch of uh, oh. my family all has oh, my yeah. location, my husband and, and some guy friends in case my husband needs an army, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got your backup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So that kind of thing is how I would do it. Anything else for the friend? I just hurt for the friend. I've actually been the friend too. Yeah. You know, since then. So I just want to encourage them that you are a good friend. It's a scary situation mm-hmm. and you will get through it. And, you know, I think, I don't know if I've successfully talked anyone out of a bad situation. Like I think every time they've had to come to their own place, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. I was planting seeds, but I think what I've learned over the years is like, I may not be able to convince this person to get out or to change, but at least when they do get out, because I'm going to believe and pray to that end, um, Mm -hmm. they won't come back to me and go, why did you never say anything? Exactly. And because I'm not, I for sure don't want to be the friend that's like, I told you, you know, never going to be that friend, but, but I don't want to be the friend that was silent. And then that comes up of you, like you could, you, you were silent. Why did you say silent? I don't want to be the friend that stayed silent. Exactly. Even if it costs your friendship. 
Yeah, that's right. And it's such a fine line, right? Of even saying like, because I love what you said. That I'm not judging you. I'm here for you. Like I am on your team no matter what yeah. happens because when everything comes crashing down and it will, again, I mm-hmm. want to be the friend that they come to when right. they're ready to pick up the pieces and move on. Like I'm here for you. And yeah. if I do it in a way that totally breaks our friendship, you know what I mean? Like, and I say that with the caveat of like every relationship's different, every person is different. And sometimes we aren't totally. in a healthy enough place to be there. Like you don't have to save your friend. You don't have to be the one to pick up the pieces totally. um, because you may not be in a place where you can do that. But, you know, you know where you are. And and I right. always knew that like, man, I want to I want to do whatever I can to speak the truth, but also to maintain enough connection that when everything falls to pieces, they know I'm a safe person to call. I'm not going to say I told you so. I'm going to say, I'm here. How can I help you? 1000%. You're exactly right. Okay. So you were talking about when you were in this relationship, you essentially gave up yourself. You gave up all your hopes, all your dreams, everything you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So you're out of this relationship. You have claimed the Lord's freedom over your life. Mm-hmm. What were practical steps you took in trying to get back to the woman God made you to be, the dreams he had given you, the hopes, the goals? How did you do yeah. that? Yeah. So I have a few practical things that I encourage everyone to do. Number one, and this one's hard, apologize to the people around you, even though you feel like you were, and you were a victim, but you still hurt the people around you. Yeah. Potentially with your words, potentially with your actions. You know, my roommate told, or my roommate at the time when I just went to go see her, she was like, we, we all sat in my room and we just wondered like, what should we do? And we just heard y'all screaming in the next room. Like, what do we do? Mm. And so ask for forgiveness from them and apologize to them, no matter if you had a falling out or if you're still friends, you know, whatever, because they are your Aaron and hers and they are going to be able to pick your arms up when you can't carry yourself. And the it's, and it's still going to be hard a little bit later. You know, this isn't, it's uh, yes. Was I, was I free? Yes. Did the lies that I believed back then still sometimes creep in? Yes. 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 So first up was identifying or apologizing to them then identifying what those lies were. Yeah. What were those lies? Mine was, you know, you're never going to be loved by anyone who hasn't known you forever because how could they? You're not ever going to be worthy of love or wanted again. All of those things. Those were my lies. And you have to at least be able to identify them. So whenever they do try to creep back in, you can kick them to the curb. <laughs> and you can you can renounce them over your life and bind and rebuke them over your life. Mm-hmm. Like you have got to be able to do that because that will put you in a position to fight for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you you also have to be willing to fight for yourself. When I talk about fighting for yourself, I'm talking about like you literally every single morning put on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. Print out the verses, tape it on your mirror, put on armor to go into battle for your identity mm-hmm. and to go into battle for your worth. Because mm-hmm. if it has been borrowed from you or stolen from you, you have to fight to get it back. Mm-hmm. So armor up. <laughs> you you got to armor up. And remember or find you and God's individual language, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever you grew up learning to do, like I guess like, you know, in my mind growing up, when I prayed, I needed to kneel on the side of my bed and hmm. put my hands on the bed mm-hmm. or, you know, it just felt so routine. It felt like a checklist. Or when I read yeah. my Bible, I was just reading the genealogy and like snooze. Okay. It, now I think it's fascinating, but whenever you're growing up, you're just like, ah, this feels like my mom's faith. Yeah. Well, when you find your faith and your conversation and your language with the Lord, suddenly that genealogy looks real cool because you Mm -hmm. actually understand Mm -hmm. what is going on and the sacrifice that he made for you and the freedom that he has for you. So my language with him is very visual, um, Mm -hmm. meaning dreams. You know, we communicate in dreams a lot where he'll give me a dream and I'll I'll, I'll pray about it and 
have the interpretation for that dream or I'll literally just close my eyes and go into the throne room. And it's like whatever happens in the throne room is like a language for us. Mm, like mm-hmm. this sounds so, so strange, but I'll, I'll kind of explain my throne room. It's gold everywhere because I have expensive taste probably. <laughs> and I have no clue why. A friend of mine's like a dirt room in Haiti. I'm like, golly, you're so like wow, humble. That's so spiritual. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, mine's gold everywhere. Like <laughs> diamond overflowing in the corners. But let's say, okay, so one time, I'll never forget, one time I went into the throne room and I had like the gifts that he's given me in my hand. So speaking, writing, whatever. And I had them tucked behind my back. Like they were in my hand and I was holding them behind my back. Mm. I walked into the throne room like, you can't have these. Wow. And he was like, sister, I gave those to you in the first place. What do you think you're going to do with them without me? Right. (laughs) And it was, and in the throne room, like that kind of happened. Mm. And I pulled them out from behind my back and I like rolled them over to him because I couldn't, I couldn't get too close. I was nervous. Mm. And I just rolled them over to him or scooted them over to him. And I was like, okay. And I surrendered my gifts to him and yep. I surrendered and understood where my place was in mm. his purpose for me. And all of that just came from me closing my eyes, spending 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And what I imagine is the throne room. Yeah. Shame is not allowed in the throne room. Guilt is not allowed in the throne room. Only perfect love that casts out all fear mm. is in that throne room. Is conviction? Of course. Are you still going to have consequences for your actions? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But you've got to find that language mm-hmm. where you can hear him or see him or just make it unique mm-hmm. to yourself. And it's so incredible. I love that. I, I think the first time I kind of started thinking about, oh, we are all created differently and uniquely and we might actually connect with God differently and uniquely and not of course like God's word God's spirit like the body of Christ coming together like those are non-negotiables right like every believer needs those three things but even I think in those three things we can like interact and have different experiences and um, I remember attending it was a middle school retreat a middle school speaker but I think I was a college student at the time I was there as a a leader. And Mm -hmm. he was talking about how he was in a really dark season of life was, uh, this was, he was telling a story of of his past when he was a really in a really dark season and how, and this guy was a pastor, but he could not open the Bible and sit and read. Like he couldn't do it. And it was something that he used to love doing, but because of Mm -hmm. the darkness that had surrounded him, like he literally couldn't bring himself to do it, but he was a runner. And in this Mm. season of life while, and he was like a trail runner. So like while running through nature was when the Lord would speak and comfort his soul, speak to him and comfort his soul. And it was the first time that I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. Like you can meet the Lord by just like, running or like sitting in nature. And anyway, I, I think a really great resource for folks, if you're like, what? I mean, I don't know about this, Hannah, (laughs) but Gary Thomas, y'all know, I love me some Gary Thomas, but he wrote a book called sacred pathways. I'm actually, it's one of my books that I'm going to reread in 2021 and sacred pathways. It's, I think the tagline, something like discover your soul's path to God. And it's, I think if I remember correctly, it's nine different ways like nine different temperaments or traits or characteristics or whatever that that we connect with God and all of us lean more towards, you know, one, two, three than others. And so it's a really fascinating read. And I think, well, if, yeah, if you've just never, what, how, how did you term it? Like I oh, identify the language between you and God. Like yeah. I really, it's like kind of nine different languages about the way that God speaks to our souls based on how he created us. So Anyway, I wrote it down. It's a great book. Sacred Pathways. I mean, literally Sacred anything path. Gary Thomas has written, I will read. So, um, but highly, highly recommend. Okay. On no matter what, we always talk about scripture. So what mm-hmm. is a passage that you really clung to during this time? Or um, maybe that you would like travel back in time and write on the mirror for yourself to see? Yeah. I think that the scripture in James is... I don't even know how to explain it. I'll say it and then I'll try and figure it out. So it's James 5, 14 and 15. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith 
will make the sick person well. Mm. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And I think I, I really do. When I look back, I felt sick. Yeah. I felt like my identity, like I just felt injured and hurt and like my identity was just sick. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I was looking for healing, I went to the church. I went to the elders of the church and had them pray over me. I was anointing my bed, my doors, everything, my whole apartment. I'm like, doing these things are actually acts of faith that may seem silly. Honestly, if you're, if you're doing them for the first time, you might be like, what am I doing? But it's, it's physical acts of faith that will increase, you know, your capacity and increase your faith that I just felt like the only faith that I had whenever I was healing, I was so exhausted that all I had was a mustard mustard seed sized faith. Yeah. And this verse kind of just reminds me that that's all it takes. That's right. That's all it takes. And any prayer offered in faith, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Oh, that was good. <laughs> this is so good. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, my friend Chrissy McClellan would say, "Who doesn't love Jesus right now?" I mean, it, that's like one of those like, "Who doesn't love Jesus right now?" We will raise that's them so good. up. I love that. Okay, Romans eight twenty eight tells us that God works all things, all things mm-hmm. together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Mm-hmm. Can you look back now on that? season of your life, that relationship, and see how God used it for good, for your good. And how does that inform your faith or change your perspective walking forward? It is 1000% good. Hmm. I would go through it all over again Hmm. if I could come to the same conclusion that God is real, (laughs) that healing is there for you, that freedom is available to you. And that, I mean, just honestly, I think that my life really hadn't been, I didn't, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I feel like I was a pretty, I had a pretty stable life, even though I had daddy issues and all that stuff. I had, I didn't feel like I needed God Yeah. up until that point. Yeah. And it was the best thing. And it was so good because it solidified my faith it made my faith my own and it showed me his sovereignty and it showed me how much he loves me. It was in a moment where growing up childhood Ainsley would have said, Oh, in a moment that you're acting like this, he's waiting up there with a lightning bolt to strike you down. Yep. Instead, what actually happened was that he knelt down with open arms and welcomed me in and just loved me. So it's just, it went against who I grew up to know, you know, a very legalistic kind of mindset. It went against all of that. And while there were still consequences for my actions because he's a just God, there was an overwhelming sense of love and um, freedom and acceptance of, you know, you're not who you identified then, who you were, who you identified with then. That's not you anymore. Mm -hmm. You are a child. You are a daughter. You are and I had to do the work to figure out what is what does a daughter look like to a God that, you know, a lot of people equate God with their dads. Well, you know, I had to redo all of that work. And the father that I found helped restore my relationship with my earthly dad. Wow. That is why it had to happen in my life. Mm. I mean, maybe it didn't have to happen, but but the power of but it. You use it for that. Yes. One of, one of the many outcomes, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. And it was incredible. And now I talked to my dad this morning and we're like, Hey, what's up? You know, like that is incredible. That's, that's how I don't ever question my faith anymore Mm. is the fact that I can call my dad and we're friends. (laughs) What? Wow. Wow. If you told 12 year old Ainsley that who was having panic attacks every time she had to go visit him, she would be like, absolutely not. There's no way. Wow. 29 year old Ainsley is like, Girl, just wait. And you have a really hot husband. <laughs> like, life is looking good. Life is looking good. <laughs> I'm like, dang. And my husband ain't boo boo. But that's the kind of thing that, like, he works not all, like, it just feels better than good. 
Yeah. You know, like God works all things together for the good of those who love him. But man, I feel like this is God works all things together for the incredible Mm. great Mm-hmm. of those who love him. Well, more than we could ever ask, hope, or imagine, or dream up, right? I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Final yeah. word of encouragement for the folks that are listening right now. I would say, in a nutshell, not only do you deserve better, but God has better for you. Better is available to you if you would be willing enough to fight for yourself and fight for your healing. Armor up find your new identity and race towards your new purpose Mm. and find freedom. (laughs) Ainsley B y'all need to go follow Ainsley on Instagram. She is Ainsley B on Instagram. I'll have it in the show (laughs) notes. She does online mentoring, which is amazing. If you are looking for someone, check her out. She's also a certified Enneagram coach, which is super cool. We did not talk about that as much as I thought we would. Uh, but it is a great tool. Her podcast, Wild Confidence. Ainsley, thanks for coming on no matter what. Thank you. It's been so much fun. I just appreciate everything you're doing. This podcast is so important and I'm obsessed with your work. Well, the feeling is super mutual. So we'll have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you go, I want to remind you about my book, The College Girl Survival Guide. If you have a college girl in your life that you want to encourage and love on, grab a copy of this book and send it to her with a handwritten note. I wrote The College Girl Survival Guide from my 10 plus years of mentoring and guiding over thousands of college women as I helped them navigate the transition from high school through college and beyond. This book is a culmination of all of those conversations and relationships, emails, and heart to hearts, and it contains the answers to the top 52 concerns of college women today. It's real, it's biblically based, and it's designed to help college women not only make the most of their college experience, but create habits that will propel them into their 20s and beyond. You can find the College Girl Survival Guide anywhere books are sold online, or if you'd like a personalized copy that's signed by me and includes an art print that she can hang in her dorm room or apartment, you can buy it at hannahseymour.com.